Welcome into the Pro Football Radio Podcast. We are at episode number 14, and this is our post-draft episode. We will get into all the wins and losers. This is your host here with... Uh, this is your host here with the Puma. You forgot your... What's your name? My name is Jay Chima, and your name is the Puma. Jesus. Dude, dude, I know. I know Game of Thrones is coming on, but we got to lock this shit up for at least an hour. Oh, dude, right? I can't wait. We it's, uh, it's another hour and a half. And uh, basically half the Game of Thrones cast will be killed off tonight. Um, this is the big battle scene tonight between the White Walkers and everybody dude, in Game of Thrones. Freaking 86 minutes? Did I see that right? 86 minutes? Yeah, dude. I'm in for a marathon That's tonight. That's a movie. That's, I know. I know. This is a show. Well, it's the last six, the last six uh, episodes uh, of this season are just basically movies in themselves. Well, I was going to say, like, I feel like the series in a whole is almost, you know, we're cramming a, an episode and a half in one episode, right? Yeah. Like, there's so many content and storylines and characters and shit like that yeah so, yeah that makes and, sense uh, i got it yeah i've seen all the memes out there saying get ready for tonight <laughs> everybody's dying <laughs> hey brace yourself there's no bathroom breaks yeah you know what i'm saying speaking of movies man i saw avengers endgame yesterday yeah um the movie that grossed 1.2 billion dollars in its first weekend Chris, that was a marathon movie too right that was like longer than the godfather three hours yeah Jesus three hours christ I had to stop drinking like three hours beforehand, and I still have to go pee once in the middle of the movie. I missed quite a bit. You didn't bring a bottle? <laughs> I did not bring a bottle. Jesus, you didn't play ahead there, kid. Yeah, yeah. And it was a good, it was, um, it was, it was a good movie. Um, I have some conflicting views, and obviously I won't spoil anything for anybody listening here, but um, there, uh, there's a lot that I have to – I was telling Brennan off, off the uh, podcast that I have to watch it again just to kind of solidify my views on the whole thing. There's some stuff I liked, some stuff I really didn't like. Um, obviously the big battle scene at the end which everybody knows is coming I'm not spoiling anything here but it's a big tremendous battle scene that is one of the best it's probably the best battle scene of all time in a comic movie it's just unreal but other than that there's some stuff that didn't land for me you know it's, it definitely sounds like one of those movies where that, and again there's so many storylines involved and this seems like it's the you know the, the checkmate version like the, whatever storyline is coming to an end so there's so much stuff going on that you might have to t- watch it twice just to take everything in yeah and after 22 movies in a span of 11 Dude, 10 we to 11 years we, like this started when we were in high school yep yep the like, first Iron Man movie yep. was Iron Man yep. the first know? Iron Man movie that came out uh, yeah, dude, it's been a long road, and apparently this is the end of phase one, and after this is going to be a phase two. Um, right, with like Captain Marvel leading the whole yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm guessing, just yep. based on the movies Have you seen Captain Marvel yet? Not yet. That's actually a really good movie as well. Okay, it yeah. looks great. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, Brie it's, Larson's awesome. So. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny about Brie Larson? I was watching an interview with her. She never finished uh, college. She never went to college. Yeah. You it's know crazy, right? Living the dream. Making By the way, she's awesome in uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Ah, so. she's in there as well? Yeah, mm. yeah. You, you know, mentioned that. I should watch that movie. It's a good movie. Like, you know, if you like comic book stuff, I'm not saying it's like Marvel versus DC. Yeah. But it's a good, like, it's actually based on a comic book and a lot of, a lot of decent, like, sneaky good actors are in that movie. Yeah. So it's good. Cool, it's cool. good. It's definitely on Netflix. So check it out. Nice, nice. Um, so cool, man. How was your weekend? Do you have a good time? It was good. It was good. We celebrated uh, the true, a true friend of the podcast, Sarah O's uh, surprise birthday. Like, her birthday falls on May, May 8th. I get shot for this. Yeah, May 8th is May her birthday, 8th. but it's uh, it was one of the things where we set it up a few weeks beforehand so it'd be a total surprise birthday party, right? Right, right. Um, so Not going to lie, I was expecting her to like walk in and start punching people 
because I didn't think she liked. I, I, she didn't strike me as a surprise person. So I was like getting ready. Like, am I gonna get assaulted? I, I'm. I'm just hoping she would cry at the table. I'm like, listen, <laughs> you, know? Know what I'm saying? Like, I was hoping she would cry at the table, but <laughs> yeah, no, but no, it was a great time. It was a good restaurant, heirloom yep. in, yep. in New Haven. Yep, yep, good times. Yeah, good, good food, good stuff. Yeah, we had to wait a long time for the food, but. dude. Oh my god, dude, it was unreal. It was like it was like a good hour, dude. It, the food, the food was good. Yeah, you know, like yeah. if the food was bad and I had to wait an hour and a half, like the, the poor waiter would have heard it. Yeah, like well, I'm not one. Did to you say realize? Anything. I didn't bring this up last night. Did you realize how long he took to get through his specials? Dude, it took forever for him to get through the specials. Well, you know what? Like, it's almost like he's performing in front of a stage. It's like 10 plus people. and Yeah, know, but don't perform for two hours. Just be like, yo, our specials are one, two, three, boom. You know what I'm saying? Hey, he, he, he probably heard he, you with your big personality comment. It was like, oh, shit. I, I better show up for my <laughs> special bit or this fucking Buckeye over here is going to have me, like, wear it on my way out to taking a... Friggin' drink order, man. I oh, just, I don't know, man. Either was. way, those of y'all that are in New Haven, heirloom, you want to have, you know, really nice dinner, nice date location. The place heirloom. is high quality, I will say that. It was yeah, a very the high quality were great. The, the drinks were great. Yep. So, I'll give them. let's not slow this train down, Jay. We got a lot of stuff to get into. We do have a lot of, draft. yes, we do have a lot of things to get to. And uh, obviously, being post draft, our biggest uh, storyline will be the draft itself. Of but course. I think. We'll have tabled that for just a little bit. Uh, I think there's a bigger pressing situation we have to talk about. Yep. Um, the Tyreek Hill situation is unfolding in Kansas City and it's starting to get worse and worse for him by the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, egregious what happened, and uh, I'll have Brandon give you a rundown of everything here in a second. But I felt that we should start the podcast off with that. We wouldn't be doing this, our podcast, right? I know like we're 14 episodes in and we have like between 50 and 500 listeners but we wouldn't be doing the show justice if we just glazed over that like the rest of the network exactly like most of the networks being abc uh, nfl network espn uh, they didn't cover this and what's happening with tyree kill is very interesting i think uh, as just uh, decent human beings and me and you are i think we owe it to um just everybody to talk about that first and discuss the uh, the ramifications and what happened so i'll turn the floor over to you get the details out of this but um it's, it's interesting. Right. So for those of you that haven't been following, uh, this has been going on for almost, a, we could say like two months. We could say essentially started about a week or two before the whole Robert Kraft investigation started, right? So lately, bringing up the speed, he was under investigation for uh, child abuse at his household stemming from uh, his three-year-old son breaking his arm. So Wednesday, the district attorney in the county that he lives in announced that charges would not be filed against Hill. Uh, the DA stated that a crime occurred, but we could not prove, we did not have enough as evidence to prove who committed the crime against the three-year-old child. And in that same press conference, the DA came out and said that as a father of three, and based on the evidence that we have so far, it is frustrating that we don't have a case to bring against mm-hmm. yep. the, the, the family members. Yep. So... One hour before the draft, the draft started at 8 o'clock, about 6.30, 7 o'clock, KCTV5 releases an audio recording of Tyreek Hill's wife and Hill himself on tape going through an uh, airport, I think it was in Dubai, saying that uh, the wife states that she, quote, rode for him with the detective in Child Protective Services. Um, She also was on record saying that their child, the son, three-year-old son, uh, does not respect Hill, but is terrified of him. And then you clearly hear Hill say that 
you need to be afraid of me too, bitch, is also recorded as saying uh, that uh, he, Jesus, that uh, his then-girlfriend, now-wife, did not ride for him in 2014. 2014 was when he was kicked off of the Oklahoma State University football team for assaulting uh, uh, his girlfriend, now-wife, by strangling her and punching her in the stomach when she was eight weeks pregnant at the time. The man choked and punched her out. In the stomach, while she was, while, In the stomach. While she was pregnant. In the stomach. That's, yep. that's, that's incident number one. Yep. And then, uh, like I said, was dismissed from, uh, from college, and he fell like a rock in the draft, and the Kansas City Chiefs picked him up. So that's where we leave off right now so, with the Chiefs. The fact that the college team had the morality to let him go, and the Kansas City Chiefs still have him on the active roster, is a Fucking egregious mistake by. This is before Joe Mixon in college. Exactly. This is before Joe Mixon. Exactly, right? This is like pre Ray Rice, I think. Might be around that time. So it's very, it's very obvious something happened in that household. That kid's arm broke somehow. And obviously, I cannot say with 100% certainty, but I think Tyreek Hill was a person that broke that kid's arm. Oh, yeah. Did you hear the tape? I did hear the tape, yes. Dude, for those of you that haven't heard the tape, Find it. It's, you only need to listen it's to not it good. one time. It's not good, dude. It's uh, it's not good. And and the line that really got me was the one where they described how he would punch the kid. How he would say, open your arms, hold them out, and then he would punch the kid in the chest. Right. Right? And apparently what happened was, doing some more research on this, is Tyreek Hill gets very frustrated when the kid cries. When a three-year-old cries, apparently he thinks it's not something that should be happening. Which and, is... Which was reality, the that's natural what, thing. That's what kids do. That's fine. Kids cry all the time. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? And his resolution to that was to punch the kid in the chest with his arms wide out. I'll give you something to cry about. Exactly. That's exactly what he uh, what he said. And um, the fact that he's still a Kansas City Chief uh, infuriates me. Uh, listen, right. I, I don't have a kid myself. Um, and I, I have said this three or four times on the podcast, but the NFL should take a hard stance on violence, whether it's against women, whether it's against, whether it's against kids, whether it's against another human being, whether it's male or female. The NFL has a chance again now to stand up and say, you are not good enough for us, Tyreek right. Hill. Like, you, what's it, like, what's it going to take? Listen, and, and it's funny because... Two months ago, uh, well, a month ago, when this thing whole first started happening, right? The whole investigation came out about his kid uh, breaking his arm. Um, a lot of people defended him, right? Um, but now that we have an audio recording, those same people are against him. And it's you can same, clearly hear it. It's still. the same exact thing with Ray Rice, Kareem Hunt, um, now Tyreek Hill, where there's some sort of physical audio, video showing this stuff. That's when people's... Um, Sensitives, sensitives go through the roof. That's when they jump in and say, you know what, this is wrong. Right. Well, why wasn't this said like a month ago? Why wasn't this? When this came out that he's been investigated for his kid's arm being broken, that should have been a red flag right there. Like, right. why did it wait till now when the fucking audio came out for them to make to make a move about it? Right. So, uh, with the gist being after the draft, the, the Chiefs uh, GM came out and said, um, he is not going to be attending team activities, and we will make the right decision on Kyler Murray at the time that when they collect all the evidence. Uh, Tyreek Hill, not Kyler Murray. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> Tyreek Hill, we're, getting we're ahead. Not, we're not indicting I'm Ty, pulling. Uh, I'm pulling a Stephen A. Smith here where he calls right. Russell Wilson Russell Wilson right. all the time. Yeah. But no, uh, he is away from the team right now, but he's still on the active roster. Kansas City Chiefs need to let him go 
and the need to and the NFL needs to make a hard stance and say you are not good enough for our league. Right. You got chance one when you choked out and punched out your girlfriend when she was pregnant, and now you got your chance. This is your second chance apparently, and now you you can't right. make this work. You know what I'm and saying? like part of his deal with uh, when he was in college, he pled guilty. He had to do therapy. He had to do uh, community service, and if he met all those requirements. It was expunged from his record. Clearly, the therapy didn't work. And and here's my biggest problem. And you know, when when will the Kansas City Chiefs learn? Like you had Kareem Hunt, okay, and then you have this guy that's assaulting a defenseless three year old son who is doing what exactly a three year old does, which is cry. Like and I instead just of instead of holding the kid and comforting him, he right. tries to punch him in the like, fucking why chest. Why is the kid crying? Did he fall down? Is the, is the kid hungry? Do, do we know why I was crying? I don't know because I'm not in the Hill House. But it, it doesn't even go back to those two jackasses. We, you can go back to uh, J- uh, Javon Belcher when he assaulted his girlfriend. That was an abusive relationship. And then they had an argument. He straight up killed her in their apartment, drove to the practice facility, yep. Yep. spoke to the general manager at the time. I think it was Scott Pioli yep. and the head coach at the time. Shot himself in the parking lot. Yep. Uh, Romeo Cornell and blew his head off in the parking lot. Yep. Like, wouldn't that be the international sign of maybe we should actually look at people's character when we start drafting them? If, if you think of the teams as a business... Do you want to have someone with that record representing your business? I would not, but apparently, uh, apparently Glenn Dorsey is totally fine with drafting like, these players, you know? Like, when does it stop? Like, is it going to take Tyreek Hill to possibly kill his entire family and then kill himself for, for anybody to friggin' learn? Like, does, does nobody learn from Ray Rice and Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt lying on tape? And then, uh, let's see, what's, what's the, the Cowboys name? The guy that was uh, with the Randy game. Gregory? Yeah, Randy Gregory. Oh, that was pretty bad. Those or, pictures were pretty bad, dude. Or Greg Hardy with the yep. UFC. Now he's fighting in the UFC. Hardy, like, yeah. when, is it, when does it end? Like, are Listen, people just going to have to start killing people to get to get stuff? Unfortunately, it's the sad reality we live in. It's the world we live in. Um, at the end of the day, it's always about profits over people. Um, I, I have the line where corporations will always look, overlook a defect in their product. Let's say Boeing, for example, took the, the 8X Max and still kept it in the year after the first line air crash. It's always profits over people. And they had a second crash just a few weeks ago. Yeah. And in the NFL, it's talents over people. At the end of the day, you can adjust that moniker from uh, profits over people to talents over people just because yeah. the kid can run fast. And that's why he's on the... But then here you have Madison Avenue wondering why women are tuning into friggin' football. Do you think they want to see someone that's beating the shit out of a three-year-old kid and then their girlfriend or their wife or strangling them in fucking college? Like, do you think my girlfriend wants to watch that? I don't I don't think she would want to watch that. Mm-hmm. I'm not speaking for her, but I would I would assume she probably wouldn't want to watch that. And then if you think about it, Josh Gordon has been suspended for Weed. All right, Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> weed. He's been suspended longer yeah. for weed than people with short of Ray Rice mm-hmm. than domestic violence. Like, are we seriously putting marijuana higher than beating the shit out of someone you live with? Fuck out of here with that. Huh? I work with kids, man. Like, I've worked with kids my whole life, and especially if you're fucking three years old. Like, and they, they're just doing what they're naturally supposed to do, and you're just going to, like, haul off and punch them in the face. Man, you should be hit with a fucking sledgehammer. Fuck out of here with yeah, that. Yeah, these people have, um, they're the scum of the earth. Simply put, if you put your hands on a female or a kid or even another male, truthfully, uh, in my personal opinion, violence, there, there's no there's no leeway for that at all. You're a piece of shit human being if you put your hands on another human being, simply put. Right. The NFL is always um, 
they always react. They don't actually prevent stuff, right? Um, originally, when the Ray Rice thing came out, it was only a two-game suspension. Mm-hmm. When the video leaked, then is when the uproar came. The uproar, and they said, the, the commercials would sit, you know, say, what was it? Like, it was almost like B, C something, say so something. So what the NFL told you was the action of Ray Rice hitting that female, his uh, fiance at the time, mm-hmm. was okay for two-game suspension it was only not okay when the video came. When the video came right. and the uproar came, that's when it was not okay. And that's when he did more time. Mm-hmm. Two games is absolutely nothing in this league. Tom Brady got a four-game suspension for having the PSI level right. at a different... Right. Like, like, put, like, put that, once I could agree with you. Put that, like, put that in perspective. You know what I'm saying? His The PSI... lost fucking draft picks, Jay. Exactly. He lost draft picks, four-game suspension. But Ray Rice almost killed this lady. Am I, you know what I'm saying? The way, she, the way he hit her, dude... And she fell. Oh, she could have cracked that head open she on was, the railing dude, in the elevator. It was a ba- and then he dragged her down the fucking hallway. He dragged her. That's the worst part, too. And then, we he, again, you have a three-year-old kid who's also on tape from the mom saying, so, why is he saying, daddy did this? Like... So, Come on. in that recording of Tyreek Hill, there's some serious red flags. Um, this kid has some serious anger issues. He needs to, He needs to get some help. Um, I'm not making this about Tyreek Hill because he should be, obviously, the villain in the situation. But he does have a pattern of violence and anger. When she said, he's afraid of you. Right? Not afraid, Jay. Terrified. Right, right. On top, I'm afraid of spiders. On top, I'm not terrified of them. On top of that, he comes back and says, you should be afraid of me too, bitch. Yeah. Like, who the fuck says that in real life? Like, who does that? Right. Dude, like, has some, dude has some serious anger issues, and the NFL has to come out. The, the worst part is the NFL hasn't issued a statement They haven't yet. said shit. They've, okay. they've been I'm quiet about this I'm going to double down on that real quick. But he even said, you didn't ride for me in 14, when he strangled her unconscious and punched her in the stomach. Like, when does it stop? Like, is it, uh, again, I'm going to the extreme. But is it going to take for him to murder his family and go in a parking lot and blow his head off you know in the, a parking you know the lot? The fucked up part is it still wouldn't be enough. It probably still wouldn't be it enough. It still wouldn't be enough. But, again, now to double down on, like, the NFL not covering it, the press didn't cover it. Like it wasn't on the bottom line of NFL Network. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't mentioned in pre-show. I'm starting to get really annoyed the fact that ABC, there's not enough heat on the Chiefs and Tyreek Hill about this. ESPN. The only two instances where I saw anything mentioned up until I think it was round two of the NFL draft. It was the bottom line on CBS Sports where I was watch, watching Boomer and Geo, and then it was uh, Golick and Wingo's morning show where mm-hmm. Golick went off the rails. Mm-hmm. It like he. Like double down and triple down on his comments, and then on my end, the only the only places I saw it was um, undisputed with Skip Bayless and Shane right. and Colick and Wingo as well, and that's the only places that's I've it. seen it. What does it say as a society that the New York Giants pick of Daniel Jones was splattered across every single media outlet in New York City, but this story wasn't even covered? Right, right. It's pretty sad when like Bobby Legend, a friend of the podcast, I put something up on Twitter saying. Am I missing something or is major media not covering this? And he said, because I'm from New Hampshire, you got Rock 101, the morning show. Yep. They were covering that. 98.5, the sports sub. Mm-hmm. They were covering that. And then I think WEEI was covering it. Why is it local radio is covering it? You know, that's a great point because I listen to a lot of uh, uh, Ohio sports radio. Did they cover that more they than, did. than major They did. They did. That's and they did. That's And they went in hard. 97.1, the fan comment and uh, T-Bone. They covered 
the incident and they went in hard on him. They yeah. called him a piece of crap and this and that. Right. And, but you are right. The the local media market seem to have, um, I guess, they don't have a horse in the race here. So that's why they just go in hard on these on these domestic views. And, and the messed up thing is too, and I swear to God, I'm going to wrap this up and we're going to go to the draft. I, no, this I, is I, important. This is, this is important. You know what I'm but saying? My thing is, is there was a pick in the first round. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, he's from Mississippi State. Don't ask me what team he went to. Because I, I I didn't write that down on my notes because I'm an idiot. But Daniel Jeremiah, astute NFL scout. He worked for the Ravens. He worked for a bunch of teams. He's now a talking head on the NFL Network. He was throwing Jeffrey Simmons under the bus for domestic dispute in college. Now, listen, I'm not giving Jeffrey Simmons a pass. Mm -hmm. But what I am saying to Daniel Jeremiah, I like you. I respect your work. But if you are going to double, if you're going to say shit about Jeffrey Simmons, are you going to keep that same energy with Tyreek Hill? Yep. Because I didn't hear shit yep. from about you from yep. you about Tyreek Hill. Yep. The only time I heard anything regarding the Kansas City Chiefs on draft day was when they picked a fast wide receiver out of the University of Georgia. That's when Rich Eisen all of a sudden got a conscious. That's when Daniel Jeremiah doubled down, and then uh, I think Peter Schrager was on there, and then like a couple other people. But, like, really? We're not going to address the elephant in the room until the Kansas City Chiefs make a draft pick? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's bad, dude. And um, I guess we can wrap this up with just how we think it should resolve. And we already have... Ban for life. It's simple. Yeah, same, yeah, you same have no business simply being put, in football. Simply put, you do not deserve to be in the NFL. Right. Right? Your second chance is taken away from another guy that didn't do anything wrong. Thank you. You know? Yep. So, Florio uh, brought that up, too. Exactly, like, right? Everybody. So, no I will. I will give Matt props. Florio is the one guy... That started his podcast slash show off with talking about this over the NFL draft. And he said, he said personally that on air that he would not cover the NFL anymore He'd if he is not. He said he would sell the business off. <laughs> and he, and, I mean, he could make a shit ton of money off that business. Um, he started just like we did. He start, dude has a vision. He started seven, eight years ago, um, just like we did with this podcast. And then NBC came in and bought it up. You know what I'm saying? Yep. He could. He still has controlling rights over that business, and he can sell it off and make his money and walk away. And he said, if he's still in the league next year, I will not be doing this right. anymore. There's no business. Yeah. Listen, you can say, oh my god, you're being hypocrites. You're covering a violent sport. There's a difference, people, between blasting an a gap and sacking a quarterback. Or tackling a running back. It's in the name of sport. Or blowing up a wide receiver going across the middle. And then going home and looking at your significant other or your son and beating the shit out of them. There's NFL players can can protect themselves. They're, they work out just like you do. Right. So when you inflict punishment on them, they can take it. They can absorb it. Their whole life is structured around working out, eating right, to take those punishments. Right? right. When you go home and you beat the shit out of your wife and your kid... That just that shouldn't happen. Like no. like in this day and age, in I know it happens. In 2019, Jay, like listen, we've talked about this in production. We come from a different time where, dude, I've had my back porch. Oh, of red. course, of course. I've I've gotten spanked. Mm -hmm. I've gotten the soap. I got all that. But it wasn't because I was crying and I was an annoyance to my mom or dad. Yep. It was. Okay, I did something wrong. You pulled your sister's hair. And now you're gonna yep. get a little discipline for that. Yep. And listen, no. I understand. 2019, you know, kid gloves. Call it whatever you want. It's a different day and age. But there's no business for what he's dude, doing. Dude, I, dude, listen. My parents are from the Middle East. They have an old way of thinking. But to this day, I'm not scared of my dad. I'm not terrified of my dad. Right. Like he did punish me when I obviously I didn't do anything when I did some wrong, uh, did wrong behaviors. You know what I'm saying? Like, but he, I was never afraid of my dad breaking my arm or like right. doing something um, horrific. So there's a there's a complete difference between you know what Tyreek Hill did and just normal punishment right. for right. for a kid. So.
So regardless, yeah, man, it's that, just uh, a sad situation, dude. It's you know? it's messed up. It, listen, like I said, like I've I've worked with children my whole life. I've I've worked at after school programs, before school programs. I've worked at middle school, and I've seen kids that come from damaged households. And yeah. there's nothing nothing chaps my ass more than a grown ass adult yeah. assaulting a defenseless kid. Yeah, like, does that make you feel strong? Like, what is, what's the like, what's what the play there? It's like, do you want? Is it because like you fight somebody else and you beat the shit out of you? You have to take it out on the little kid. Like, right. what's the deal here? You know what I'm saying? Fuck out of here. So I'm gonna, I'm apologizing in advance. I'm super passionate, but like I'm not apologizing for no. We're you have to apologize. Passion, you know so regardless, we want to cover that before we get into the actual draft, just because it is a uh, significant topic that nobody's because talking about. It had a huge effect on the Kansas City Chiefs draft. It Back did. to the draft because they took that speedy wide receiver out of the University of Georgia. I'm forgetting his name because I was too worked up about Tyree Kill. But clearly, they are planning on life after Tyree Kill yep. because the guy is fast enough to operate in this Andy Reid offense with Pat Mahomes and you know Travis Kelsey and and the whole shebang. Sure. So they're planning for life without him. And they should plan yeah. for life without him. And Andy Reid needs to learn to stop giving second chances to shit people. I think it's not Andy Reid. I think it's Glenn Dorsey. It's Glenn Do- well, it's Glenn Dorsey. It's Andy Reid. Yeah. It's it's the owner. It's the Hunt family. Yeah. If the Hunt family is this, you know, beacon of the NFL, they should friggin' know better by now well, after Belcher blew his head off in the parking lot. It's three line. incidents now with the Belcher thing, with Kareem Hunt, and with Tyreek Hill. The hell, even Larry Johnson. Yeah, I forgot about that, yeah. Fucking four people, man. One of them's dead. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think we've made our views fairly clear on that. I think it's time to move on to the NFL draft. On a lighter note. Uh, yes, on a lighter please. note. Um, let's, uh, let's get back to some football. Um, so the NFL draft came and went. Um, a lot of great things happened. A lot of unexpected things happened. Yes, they did. Um, the one thing that everybody saw coming was Kyler Murray did get selected by the Arizona Cardinals. The worst kept secret. The worst kept secret, right? Everybody hyped it up. Everybody wanted to throw misinformation out there. Um, the After the draft happened, there were some stories out that the NFL actually, not mandated, but they said very strongly to ESPN NFL reporters, unless you have firm confirmation, do not report who's in the one right. pick overall is and from confirmation will only come from the team so right. it was like uh, so essentially it was a WWE work for the draft essentially what happened was for two months they just took us for a ride <laughs> right and then like, took us for a ride it. every single week I love Ian Rappaport yeah I love him but I knew I started to know it was BS when he tweeted you know right before draft day I think it was like maybe noon you're like oh so sources indicate that the Arizona Cardinals brass has called Quinn Williams and Nick Bosa to let them know that they're air quote still in the in running for the first yeah, pick. Yeah, yeah. Like still in the yeah. running. Like yeah. dude. Yeah, come on, dude. Just come on. Listen, don't take me for an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. I might have been born at night, Ian, but I wasn't born last night. Okay. Yeah. Right. So they took him and then um they, they took him with the number of pick and then um they traded Josh Rosen off to the Miami Dolphins. Right. Which is absolutely awesome. I yep. think it's a great fit for you guys. I'm gonna get into that part. Yeah, right. I love that draft, a but happy man. The pick itself I don't have a problem with it. Um, I know that a lot of people have issues with his height, and I do as well, and is that whatever it comes with Kyler Murray. Um, but I think uh, for the Cardinals and with the coaching uh, staff they have now and how they want to run that, run that air raid offense, it's clear that Kyler Murray is more suited to run that air raid offense than Josh Rosen. And I know... Josh Rosen does have mobility as well, but it's not obviously as fast as Kyler Murray can get on the edge and make those plays, right? Fair enough. Um, so I get that point, and I get why they picked him. Uh, 
I think Josh Rosen got an unfair shake in Arizona. I think with everything that's happened, um, we'll discuss that in a little bit as well, but I'm glad he moved on to Miami. But I do see why they made the move, and you know, it is what it is. Everybody saw it coming a mile away. Right, and here's my bit about Kyler Murray. Like, listen, I've, ne- I've never questioned the talent. The, yeah. the talent's there, okay? But I just don't see it translating to the NFL. I don't like his character. Like the, I'm, I'm a big care. I'm a big picture guy. Mm-hmm. Like Ryan Leaf had the talent, but yeah. he was a shit guy in the locker room, and he was a bad character guy. And here's the thing: like in the air raid, do you need to be mobile? Yes. Yeah. Do you need to be Michael Vick mobile? Absolutely not. Yeah, but I think I can see the point where um, Cliff said, "Well, I do have a mobile quarterback, but what if I got a super mobile quarterback right. to run the air raid?" But offense? then it comes to my point, and to those of you that follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all that, I put a video up on Friday, and I was saying, "How is it possible that?" Kyler Murray can succeed with a banged-up DJ, an old Larry Fitz, an unproven Christian Kirk, a banged-up Ricky Seals-Jones, a tight end, and a sieve of an offensive line. And Josh Rosen had those same tools and had, on top of that, had a shit offensive coordinator in Mike McCoy, a bad replacement offensive coordinator in Byron Leftwich, a, a head coach on a short leash in Steve Wilkes, a bad ownership group in the Bidwell family, and then a joke of a general manager in Steve Kime who traded up to pick him. Yep, yep. Like, at at this point, clearly Kime has put himself, his scouts, and his entire front office, their ass on the line. Like, if this doesn't stick, Kime needs to be out of a job because he dodged a whole bunch of bullets over the last few years. They haven't been relevant since Cam Newton won the MVP, and that was 2015. Yep. When... I've had better fantasy football drafts in the last two years than Steve Kime has had in actual football. Sure, I get like, that. Like, are you serious? You haven't done anything since Carson Palmer and Bruce Arians were running that offense. Plus, he had a couple off off the field yeah, issues as well, right? DUIs he got DUIs, and, and, um, and here you are, like, oh, Josh Rose is our guy for now, and then you have Dan Cliff Kingsbury. He's our guy. He could run the air raid better than me, and then. All of a sudden, like you're saying, you don't know what the first draft pick is. Yeah. Like, listen, I, at the end of the day, there's I a get, reason why you're picking yeah, first. I get, the, I get the reason behind it. I get it. He fits your system. He fits what Cliff Kermit wants to do. Um, on top of that, um, I know. Let's maybe he is the next big thing, and you cannot afford to pass that up. Right. Right. So I get it. I see what it is. Well, time will only tell how right, it works we're, out. We're not going to know within the next within three, three years would be the measuring stick now. We can both see how Arizona took Cliff. I'm sorry, took Kyler Murray, right? Um, we can both see why it makes sense. The one thing that doesn't make sense one bit is Daniel Jones going to the New York Giants. That was a pick that I think 99% of the people said, "What the fuck is going on, Daniel Jones? Who? There's I, I can truly say this, Brandon. In the days." That that pick happened on Thursday to Friday, Saturday, and today. Our friend of the podcast, Jeff Moss, had the same reaction as you did. I I know of two people that defended that pick. One of them being you, and another person being on ESPN. Was it um Mel Kiper? Was it Mel Kiper? Yeah. yeah. So those are two people that defended that pick. And then I'll add to that: there was one person that actually had him going to the Giants in a mock draft, and that was Daniel Jeremiah of the mm-hmm. NFL Network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, so I'll give the floor to you and uh, let you let you get your let, let you get your thoughts on that because I want I want to collect all my thoughts before yeah, I reel into Derek. Right, here's my take. There's there's a lot of points here. Now, one, I'm not gonna lie, I laughed at Jeff Moss's expense on draft day. Dude, he, was, he was hurt. He was I hurt, was, bro. I was a sh- I was as shocked as everybody because I was like, listen. I think they're taking defense. I didn't. I didn't think they were taking a quarterback. I honestly did not think think they were taking a quarterback at yeah. six. I did not think think they were taking a quarterback at seventeen. And after Jeff left, I looked at you on the couch at the after the thirty second pick, and I said, "Listen, I need to watch more tape of Daniel Jones mm-hmm. before I actually come up with my own opinion." The fact that you just said that right there should validate that he shouldn't be a sixth pick overall. No, only because I didn't look at Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. I looked at I looked at Dwayne Haskins, I looked at Kyler Murray, and I looked at Drew Locke. Why was I that? Didn't... Why was that? Because everyone had them going higher. Because they were talented. They were far superior talent-wise. Let me, let me finish my point. So, I looked at tape. I looked at an hour's worth of tape just to make sure I wasn't losing my Did you watch numbers. his lowlights? I watched everything. Okay. I watched Dan Orlovsky criticizing him. I watched I watched Colin Cowherd throwing him under the bus. And here's the thing. Here's what I saw. He's, like I said in my mock draft, he's a big quarterback that can hit the underneath routes with no issue, can tuck the ball and run. In my opinion, he runs like Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, he had almost 200 total yards against North Carolina. He runs like Josh Allen. Uh, his air quote accuracy is low. Yeah, my accuracy would be low if my wide receivers were dropping at least thirty passes in a season. They led the na- they were second in the nation last year and dropped passes. Uh, his arm is weak. Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Eli Eli Manning. They're not known for cannons. They're they're known for arms that are good enough to get the ball down deep. They're known for being precise. So is if he had wide receivers that could catch the fucking ball, he'd be precise too. I'm not listen. I'm not saying he's Joe Montana in college. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not saying that. Oh, if these guys caught the ball, there were mistakes. I'm not. I'm not. He didn't look off safeties. He he missed. He held the ball too long. But if you look at all, if we were able to get scouting reports for all 32 teams, or if any fan was able to get scouting reports for all 32 teams, I guarantee you, there's not one team that has one quarterback in this draft as first round talent all across the board. Mm-hmm. I, I guarantee it. And here's my thing. He fits the fucking offense. Like, Pat Shermer, his offense is based on shallow routes and dig routes to open up the underneath. If Daniel Jones is able to hit the underneath and the intermediate routes with accuracy, there's a fit right there. Obviously, you're going to use motion to manipulate coverage, especially if he's a rookie, whatever. And then... You look at Daniel, you look at Sterling Shepard and you look at Golden Tate. What do they have in common? Yards after the catch. Mm-hmm. They feast on that. So if you're telling me that this offense worked with Kyle Rudolph, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, and Case Keenum, but can't work with a big bodied quarterback like Daniel Jones, who can also tuck the ball and run, I think he had a thousand career rushing yards in college, and then it could work with uh, Shepard, Tate, and Evan Ingram, like, he fits the immediate need. And I'm not saying that the Mannings had nothing to do with this. We can all, we can all say that the Cutcliffe collection, uh, connection is real. Yep. Like, the Maras love Eli Manning. But 
If I was a general manager of the Giants, I wouldn't make that pick. I wouldn't take a quarterback, but I understand what Dave Gettleman was doing. That's all I'm saying. We'll get to Gettleman probably in the next podcast because I I think we need to start looking at Gettleman a little bit more uh, closely here with some of the picks that he's made and some of the moves he's made lately, but that's a different story for a different day. Sometimes in the NFL, you can see failures a mile away. You can see Tim Tebow. You can see Johnny Manziel. And this kid reminds me of those kids and how quickly he's going to fail, right? And why do I say that? Let's look at let's look at his attributes, right? So he is a good athlete. And I'm not going to be biased. I'm not going to give you just his negatives, right? I'm going to give you his positives as well. He's a good athlete, right? He has good size. He can run, right? Um, now, the one issue is people are mistaking his training for his skill set. And what do, I mean? what do I mean by that? He's been trained by David Cutcliffe, right? So he knows how to read the pro- he knows how to read the progressions. He knows how to move his feet. So the training is there, but the skill set isn't there, right? His accuracy was fifty four point three completion rating against the ACC. Like that's below sixty percent. A lot of quarterbacks that go to the NFL that have lower than sixty percent completion rating in college usually fail. The only exception being Matt Ryan. He was the only one that was at fifty nine point something. It was close sixty percent. On top of that, his release is average. He has bad decision-making uh, skills at some point. And, and then finally, he's prone to fumbling as well. So there's a lot of good and a lot of bad as well. All of that doesn't equate to the sixth overall pick. That's my biggest issue, is the fact that they went with the number six overall pick. A lot of people like Todd McShay had him going at pick 59. Todd McShay called him a career backup. And the Giants decided to give him the decided to take him at the number six overall pick. And the next day, sit there and say, "This could be somebody that can sit behind Aaron Rodgers." I'm sorry, couldn't sit behind Eli Manning for three years in the Aaron Rodgers Brett Favre mold, right? You just picked a guy at number six overall, and they're gonna sit for three years behind. It's Dave Gettleman. You need to take. I'm not. I'm not trying to step on you. But I'm gonna say this, and you can finish your bit. Yeah. It's Dave Gettleman. He also said he was gonna take the best player available, and I, yeah, I'm gonna, uh, I'm so gonna hit on that bit. In a yeah. So too. Dave Gettleman is just full of shit. From what we've learned, he's completely full of shit. He has no idea what the fuck he's doing. Um, he has some. He Dave Gettleman's one of those guys where he will tell you he's the smartest guy in the room, and I have people that, that always do that. He always touts his. I've been to these many Super Bowls, and you listen to his. You listen to his interviews. You'll see immediately what I'm talking about. He he will tell you how smart he is. When in reality, you let Josh Norman walk, you let Steve Smith walk, now you let Odell Beckham Jr. walk, and you took Daniel Jones. Like, There's a lot there that says that he isn't that good of a GM. You know what I'm saying? All right. Now, my final thing is, this, this is the most glaring stat of all. He threw for 52 touchdowns in three years when Dwayne Haskins threw for 50 in one year with a 70% completion rating. And that Ohio State offense is not just dink and dunk underneath. I've seen that offense for a whole year, and it was a lot of shots downfield as well. And Daniel Jones was taking shots down the field too. And he ended up with 70% completion rating. So I just don't understand it. As a giant hater, I am super happy they took it. They took Daniel Jones because I do not see this working out one bit. But that's just my personal you know, right. biases coming into play here. So where, where do you want me to start? you want me to start with... The accuracy, you want me to start with Gettleman, you want me to start with the pick? The accuracy part, I gave you the numbers that were against the ACC because I know the first thing you're going to say is his receivers dropped the ball and the competition. It doesn't matter if he's playing the ACC, the SEC, the big sky. If your wide receivers can't catch the fucking ball, Mm -hmm. 
You can't catch the ball. And, and my rebuttal to that is, then why was he at Duke in the first place? Because he wanted to be with Cutcliffe. He had a zero-star rating coming out of high school. He was not good enough to go to Alabama or Ohio State where he had those wide receivers. This kid has been average from day one, whether it's high school, college, or now the pros. There's a reason why he was at Duke with a zero-star rating coming out of high school. Right. And my rebuttal to that, I guess, would say, and I'm going to lump Todd McShay in with that. When was Tom Brady taken? Pick 199. 199. What, what round is that? That's what? That, pick, that was a com- compensatory pick. Pick right? sick, yep. So would six, six around, say yep. that Tom Brady would be a career backup at that point? Correct. You're okay. right. You're right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the draft pick itself doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It clearly doesn't. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. And there were also reports. I just want to point one thing out. Tom Brady had a better college career than, than uh, what's his name, Daniel Jones. If you look at, and I, uh, I looked at this because a lot of people were like, well, um, you know, Peyton Manning and Eli Manning and Tom Brady weren't the best in college as well. Those guys' numbers and just what they did in general was far better than what Daniel Jones did yeah. in and college. And then you look at Drew Brees, who we, we can all agree is a first-round Hall of Famer, was taken the second round and his arm was knocked. I'm not saying, you know, you, you can't compare Breeze's height with him because he's a fucking six foot seven behemoth and played basketball, but his arm strength's being criticized. So again, the draft pick doesn't matter. And if you look at the, the draft this year, 24 to 12 hours before the draft, the Redskins were rumored to want to trade up. Mm-hmm. So you're either trading up to three to the Jets or you're trading up to eight to the Lions mm-hmm. to get your quarterback. And the room was split. Dan Snyder wanted Haskins mm-hmm. because, you know, I can agree out of the class, Haskins is the pure thrower. We can all agree to that. He's I'm a not, pure, I'm not, he's I'm a not pure thrower. On he's that. a pure thrower. But I think a lot of teams were turned off. I'm not a scout. Listen, I'm saying this. I'm not trying to piss you off. I am not a scout for the Giants. I'm not a scout for the Redskins. No, that's fine. I'm not a scout for, I, the, I, I for the Broncos. Yeah. But what I am saying is I think a lot of teams were turned off by the lack of mobility, not just in the pocket, but by actually moving the sticks and the fact that he only played for one year. But I think but Kyle Brandon, Murray, whatever. I, I think that's just something they use to knock Haskins for a different reason. I don't know what the different reason is. I'm not trying to paint this into something more than it is, but there's a reason why they decided to use that point to go against him, right? That, hey, he's not very mobile when the last 10 quarterbacks that won the fucking Super Bowl are Tom Brady, Big Ben, and Peyton Manning. Yeah, the one person even, that could run was Russell Wilson that could that could actually, that actually won a Super even, Bowl. Even if you look early in the careers, Tom Brady was more mobile. He would actually He's run. Not, he the, was not more mobile than you, Dwayne Haskins. Dude, he, no dude he is not more listen, than Dwayne Haskins. Listen, I, I didn't step dude. on you. Let me finish my thought. Brady, when he was early in his career, could tuck the ball in enough to get the first down. And Big Ben relied on his athleticism the first two years, especially under Bruce Arians at times. Now, where was my fucking point? Uh, Where the hell did I lead off? Uh, The mobility part? The mobility part. Yeah. Because that was a big issue. I'm sorry to cut you off there, but that was a big that was a big sticking point for a lot of scouts right. and what they're reporting. And, you know, listen, like again, I'm not trying to make you mad, Jay. No, I'm not. No, listen, listen, something listen, I, I don't want I don't want to construe me being mad here. I'm just saying, like, I, I don't I understand. It. I just don't understand it. You know, right? But it's saying something. If John Elway and the Denver Broncos turn their nose up at you at ten and they want a franchise quarterback, mm-hmm. I'm not knocking Dwayne. Out of the four or five that were drafted, Dwayne's the purest passer. But the lack of mobility is real. And there was also rumors that, like I said, Washington was going to trade up. If Washington traded up to three and 
Snyder wanted Haskins. The rest of the coaching staff wanted Jones, like the scouts, the assistant coaches, the head coach, Jay Gruden. They wanted Jones. They thought he was the most pro-ready quarterback. So if they take him at three, the whole draft's off. They're probably not going to take a quarterback. If they trade up to eight, he's not going to fall to 17. If you have the sixth pick, and if you're taking a quarterback in the first round, a lot of people, including Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated, and I guess you could say I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, if, you, if you're going to tie your job security to a first-round quarterback, don't get cute. Take him at six. You don't know what's going to happen at seven. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to happen at 17. And if you draft him, okay, you draft him at six compared to 17. The cap hit at six is $4.65 million. At 17, it's $2.4 million. At that point, you're only buying fucking cap space. So if you like the guy enough to tie your job to him, God bless you. Take him at six. Yeah. Uh, and just to wrap all this up, Dwayne, I'm sorry, Daniel Jones against the ACC uh, last year was the, uh, was, uh, I'm sorry, so he was the seventh leading passer in the ACC last year, right? The last three years against ACC competition, he was, um, he has, he was at 54 completion rating. He was seven of 17 when he was a three year starter, when he knew the offense, when he got the, the best coaching possible. And that's a, that's a real thing we should discuss. Will there be any better coaching in the NFL than David Cutcliffe? Will he get, will he get better coaching than David Cutcliffe in the NFL? Keep in mind, Cutcliffe brought Duke from a seller in the ACC Mm -hmm. to about a almost 500 career record in football. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a cake schedule. He had great coaching. Um, the only real team in the ACC is Clemson, right? Well, Clemson, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech hasn't been the best in a long time, dude. Since, be, since hey, Frank Beamer against, left a few years ago. He was playing against Tremaine, uh, Tremaine Edmonds in Virginia Tech, and yeah. he was taking the first round. And the reason why I feel so strongly about this is because I've, uh, I've lost a lot of faith in college football over this pick. Um, you're told if you go to the Oklahomas, right, like Colin Murray or the Ohio States or the Alabamas, um, and you go then you light it up with 50 touchdowns in a year, they'll come calling for you. But this is the exception where the Manning family and just their word of mouth, and they can just vouch for you, can leapfrog Daniel Jones in front of Drew Locke and Dwayne Haskins. It's not just Dwayne Haskins got fucked here. Drew Locke also got fucked here as well. You know what I'm saying? Well, Drew Locke has a better arm. Played in the SEC against better competition with same exact numbers. We can say this, that both Drew Locke and Daniel Jones have the same exact numbers for the most part, right? The issue is one of them plays in the SEC, Drew Locke, with better competition. Right. Now, two things, and swear to God, we could move on from this friggin' point, was one, in your own mock draft, you compared him to the team not knowing if he's going to be Pat Mahomes yeah. or Jay Cutler. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so if you, if that's the immediate comparison, and a lot of people already had Daniel Jones being the air quote most pro-ready out of this entire quarterback group, why would you tie your job to a guy that's either going to be boom, literally boom or bust? Pat Mahomes on Madden? Or smoking Jay Cutler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think Jay Cutler has a couple good years in there, right here and there, right? Well, uh, let's. I mean, with Adam Gase yeah, for one enough year, enough to keep him around for that many years. The toughness saying? wasn't yeah. wasn't yeah was a question. And regardless, I mean, all this, all, all I'm just I'm just really chapped about the fact that 
not just Dwayne Haskins, but Drew Locke also got fucked here as well. Right, you know, but for the then, most part. And then to your point of like the, the college football. Okay, so you got the powerhouses. You got Michigan. You got Oklahoma. You got LSU. You got Texas. You got USC. You got all that shit. Ohio State and as well. You, you have Ohio State. No offense. I'm not trying to dig you. Yeah. They're not known as a quarterback producing school. Mm-hmm. We can agree That's to that. Correct. We're not. We can yep. agree to that. Mm-hmm. But then two years ago. You have Mitch Trubisky taken out of North Carolina ahead of Deshaun Watson at Clemson. Yep. And then you have uh, him taken ahead of Pat Mahomes at Texas Tech. With I think they were running the air raid back then, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it doesn't, in my opinion, but it Mitch doesn't Trubisky's matter about numbers weren't this bad, though. That's the issue here is he didn't have 54% completion rating. You know what I'm saying? Even though he came out of a shittier a- ACC conference as well, he didn't have just these horrendously bad numbers, you know? I hear you. Listen, if I'm the general manager, I'm going to be honest with you. If I'm the general manager, I'm taking the best player available. And I don't, I didn't like any quarterback in this class. Yep. But clearly, they like someone enough to tie their jobs to. Sure, sure. And, and Dave Gettleman better hit this out of the park, homie. Well, he better hit this out of the and park. Here's the thing I'm not saying this because Gettleman is a Boston guy and he comes from my, my part of the world and all this other stuff, but he does have a track record where we really. We have to see how it plays out mm-hmm. because he was part of two Super Bowl winning staffs mm-hmm. with the Giants under Ernie Acorsi. Mm-hmm. He took over a horrendous cap situation with the Panthers where mm-hmm. they were signing everyone left and right to long-term contracts. And he had to essentially come in and be the prick and cut people and purge the, purge, purge the cap. And in three years, two years, he brought the team to the Super Bowl. He wasn't fired for lack of you know, scouting and talent knowledge. He was fired for being an asshole in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not questioning and, and that's, his talent. And, and I'm not even a, here's the biggest thing is I'm not even a Giants fan. Yeah. And I'm defending Dave Gettleman's pick. Yeah, I don't know why, but that's so just like unless I'm looking at the wrong. If if anyone has tape that I'm missing, send it to me. Yeah. Brando underscore Puma on Twitter. Send it to me and I'll watch it. Yeah. Regardless, um, Dave Gettleman, listen, they better win and they better win quick because. He is at the beginning stages of being on the hot seat. And what do I mean by that? When you have the national uproar of you got nothing in return for Odell Beckham Jr. except for a first-round pick. First or third Bro Peppers. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what actually happened. It's about what the narrative is. What was the narrative after that? What was the narrative after that uh, Odell Beckham Jr. trade? What, what did the New York City headlines say? What? That's all? What else are you going to get? All right, and then after the Daniel Jones pick, there was also a narrative of who the fuck is going on here? Like, who is this guy? When that narrative keeps spinning over and over again, that's when the initial, that's when the beginning of the hot seat happens, when the media gets wind of who you are and why are you making these picks. Most people don't know what GMs are, but now that you know Dave Gettleman's name, it's an issue in itself. And if he doesn't win quickly, that hot seat's going to come hard, dude. You say hot seat, but here's the thing. The Maras have a hard-on for the Manning family. The yeah. Tishes have yeah. a hard-on for the Manning family. Yeah. They brought, when they fired the previous GM, they brought Ernie Accorsi back to help find them a new general manager, and he tabbed Dave Gettleman. Clearly, the front office and the ownership group mm-hmm. is in bed with this pick. Sure. So listen, and here's another point. The Giants could have taken Kyler Murray if he fell. They could have taken Jonah Williams at offensive line, which to me would have made a world of sense yep. because that offensive line is a sieve. They could have taken another wide receiver. They could have taken a fucking punter at mm-hmm. six. And the Giant fan base would not be happy with that pick. I don't know, dude. Even if they used I don't know. 
I You're telling know. me if they took Jonah Williams at six, they would have been happy about that. Mm. You're telling me Jeff wouldn't need fucking Tums on my couch. I think they'd be happy if with, they took Jonah Williams. I think they would have been happy with Dwayne Haskins. I listen. I only know. Listen. I know three Giants fans in my life. Right. Two of them are real people, and one of them is Max Kellerman on TV. All three of them, whether it's my brother Fawad, whether it was Ian Foley, or whether it was Max Kellerman, all three of them wanted Dwayne Haskins Jr. Ian said he was uh, he was on board with uh, David Jones, Daniel Jones. Rather. Before that, he's going to defend the pick now no matter what. But before that draft, I talked to him, and he said he wanted Dwayne Haskins, right? So he's being the good, you know, I'm a Giants fan, let me go with the team kind of thing. But there are people out there that legitimately were like, we'll take Dwayne Haskins, they'll be happy with that. So... Listen, only time will tell, but dude, this looks like a bust from a mile away. You can see Tebow, you can see Johnny Manziel from a mile away, and this kid screams that. He screams that. So yeah. we'll see what happens. But then you have the goat that was 199th of the sixth, comp- you know, compensatory pick. The draft pick doesn't matter. It doesn't, but it'll give you a good indication. Now, Tom Brady was the exception to the rule. There are exceptions to the rule, and that's the one pick in the 100-year history of the NFL that worked out fine. And if it's the second time it's going to happen, it's totally fine. I will sit here in 10 years and say I was wrong about that, but odds are it's not going to work out. You know what? He fits the offense. He fit Pat Shermer. And if they could run that with Case Keenum, who at that time was on his seventh team, this kid. And listen, I'm going to go on record here and say that if they're Five and five or below by their week 11 bye week, you will see DJ week 12 yeah. and moving forward. Already got a name I from mean, a nickname Eli, from DJ? <laughs> Eli Manning already came out and canceled his W. I saw that. He already canceled his WFAN yeah, uh, weekly interview spot with Mike yeah. Francesa. So he already knows the writings on the wall. He fits the offense. He can run. He takes pressure off the offensive line. He hits the underneath routes. Yeah. Fine by me. Cool. Have cool. at it. All right, so only time will tell with that, and we'll uh, we'll revisit that as the years go on, right? Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to winners and losers, I have uh, I have one big loser that was the Giants, and you, I'm not gonna go back into that, but I think it's a complete bust of a draft for them. Um, so I won't revisit my losers, but my three winners are uh, the Broncos, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Patriots. Right? The Broncos being, uh, and I'll list, list mine real quick, and then you can go through yours. Right. Um, the The Broncos got um, the the third best quarterback uh, in the draft uh, in Drew Locke in the second round. Um, they they obviously Drew Locke being the third best quarterback after Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins. Um, they got Noah Fant in round one uh, at twenty, pick number twenty. They traded down. They moved back from ten to twenty to pick Noah Fant, and they still got him. So was great he uh like i said i i love that kid i wanted him for the patriots he's gonna be great uh they got a steal in the offensive line category with dalton around two um and finally they got uh draymond jones from uh, ohio state um his defensive line and he played opposite of nick bosa and every single time i would watch ohio state if it wasn't nick bosa this kid was jumping off my screen as well so uh Denver broncos Great draft. Where to go? You know what I'm saying? Besides the fact that they, uh, like I said, Elway always falls in love with the, uh, with the quarterback and picks him too high. This is perfect where he got him in the second round, just exactly where he should have been. The other person, that, uh, the other team that won was uh, Jacksonville. They, they let the draft come to them. They didn't actually go out and press. And what do I mean by that? Josh Allen fell to them at number seven. They took him. Right, Josh Allen, uh, probably one of the best linebackers slash defensive linemen out there. He fell to them at number seven. On top of that, um, they moved up from 30 to 35 to take offensive tackle Jawan Taylor, which is going to help out Nick Foles. And Jawan was supposed to be somebody that's going to be going in the first round at pick seven to them, but he fell all the way to the second round. On top of that, they took the Temple running back uh, Ryquil Armstead. 
and Quincy Williams at 98, who is a great speed linebacker um, slash safety hybrid. Uh, he's going to fit really well into their system. Finally, the Patriots, um, they had a very typical Patriots draft. Um, they got great value. Uh, they took Nikhil Harry at uh, 32. Uh, he's a wideout from uh, Arizona State University who is uh, a great big physical threat outside the numbers. Um, he can go out there. He can run the route tree. He can high point the ball. Um, think of him as being a Gronk but quicker slash lighter. He doesn't have the mass and the bulk that Gronk has, but he is quicker um, in that regard. In the second round, they took a cornerback out of Vanderbilt, uh, Williams, uh, which is a steal. Uh, and then also uh, out of uh, the team up north, uh, Chase Vinovich at number 77. And finally, running back Damien Harris out of Bama, who I think we talked about this off the podcast, um, is going to fill out that insanely crowded backfield in New England with James White, Sony Michelle, Damien Harris, Rex Burkhead. Um, just a bunch of great versatile guys that can line up in the slot, that can line up in the backfield, um, and you really don't know what's going to happen. And uh, the reason why I took another running back here is because going forward, they're going to try to protect Brady as much as possible with the running game and then do the play-action fake and kill her over the top. All right. No, I'm going to double down a little bit on the Patriots because I actually had them as – I didn't really do like winners or losers, but teams that stood out more to me in the draft, and the Patriots were my second team actually on that list. And – you know, not only do they get a big body, they address the critical need at pass catchers. Sure. Like once you get past settlement, the only other person that sticks out to me is Dorsett, and we all know like <laughs> that's not I, even a stick. Out. I think I think he caught, <laughs> but but that's a fact. That yeah. The catch artist, <laughs> yeah. Dorsett's the only one that stuck out. You get a big body guy. He was the first. Uh, he was the first wide receiver taken in the first round since '96 when it was Terry Glenn. Terry Glenn, yep. And this, and that was even before the Bill Belichick era. Sure, yep. So. Uh, He's a big body. He can get the 50-50 balls. Brady can just chuck it up there and know that nine times out of ten, Harry's going to come down with the ball. And we were talking about this off camera. Uh, A comp would be a young Jimmy Graham in New Orleans. Yep, yep, you're right. Like He's Mm -hmm. built like him. Uh, he he's not a prototypical wide receiver, but he's not like you know he's not friggin' Jeremy Shockey lining up a tight end. Think Julio Jones, just not as quick. Right, right. That's fair too. And you know what? We don't know if Josh Gordon's able to come back. Mm-hmm. And I would like to think, after my soapbox on Tyree Kill, that Josh Gordon's going to be coming back this year before Tyree Kill. Yeah. So whatever bonus you get from Josh Gordon with this Nikhil Harry kid instantly elevates this wide receiver pass-catching core from flatline yep. to a threat. Mm-hmm. in the, Not just the AFC East, because... I've already made my bones at the AFC East this week, but this is probably one of the most elite pass-catching cores in the entire NFL if Josh Gordon's able to come back with this Nikhil Harry kid. Yep. And then you line up, say, James White in the slot, and you have Harry and Josh Gordon and Julian Edelman out there. Austin Safarian Jenkins as well. And, and ASJ. Yep. Exactly. He, he had a I like ba- that, ASJ. It's too hard saying his full name. Right. That's a very, very dangerous yeah. offensive attack yeah. in the entire NFL. Mm-hmm. So I really like that yeah. pick. And I didn't even think about that until you brought up in pre-production with a Josh Gordon angle. If he can come back and contribute, oh, my God, dude. Right. Even, oh, my God. Even if he comes – right, even, he's been in that offense long enough. Hell, even if you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers tape last year when they were in Pittsburgh, the coverage, all the coverage was going towards him. Yep. And then you had the underneath, and then you had the, you had the post route and the streak routes open 
because he just dragged all the coverage and they weren't even looking at him. Mm-hmm. But you have to take account of him on the field. So that's going to open everything up for, for, this, for this Harry kid. I'm really bullish on that pick by the Patriots. Yep. Shocker enough. Uh-huh. And that Vinovich kid, he's a character and a half. He was hilarious on Good Morning Football. But we were talking about this off camera that he had a higher production than uh, the... Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary. Yep. And he was taken by the Packers at 10? Yeah, it was in the uh, the second round somewhere. Um, actually, I no, he was taken first. He was taken in the first round by the by the Packers. No, no, no. Wait, Chase Vinovich was at number seven. Vinovich was, was number later, seven. but he had better stats. Yeah, than, yeah, yeah. Right. Sean, Sean Gary, Gary was, yeah, he was the uh, first round. Yeah, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. So the, the, that, and that's the ultimate Patriots pick. The guy that was the star on that defensive line in Michigan didn't get drafted by the Patriots, but that secondary player that's just right there, but is producing just as well right? is the one they got at the third round. Right. So the Y'all had a great. Y'all had a. We had a great draft. draft. We had a great draft. It was really good. I am happy. I am excited. They took a offensive tackle, I believe, in round six or seven, just to help our ready some more. Uh, But dude, I am super happy with the draft. If Gordon can just give us a little bit of contribution, um, just go after being a decoy where you got a game plan for him from week to week. That's all you need to do. This defense, this offense, could be amazing. Right. And the team. Do you have any more teams? I'm good. I got my winners and losers out of the way. It's all you, bro. So the teams I'm bullish on: Shocker, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. I, I've been bullish on them all year. Before you get to that, I just want to say the AFC East made some amazing moves this offseason. Yep. Dude, I know everybody jokes about the AFC East. But they really showed it the up. The Jets, the fucking Dolphins with uh, Josh Rosen now. They got the Bills with all their picks. Dude, it's not going to be a cave off for the Patriots no, anymore. So no. go ahead. It's a, it's a hard-hitting AFC East It's a hard-hitting, yeah. So the Bills, I mean, they got Ed Oliver at, I believe it was pick number nine. Uh, he turns this sneaky good defense into a legitimate threat at times now because you par- you partner him with Tremaine Edmonds, who was their first round pick last year, and then uh, he can play nose tackle. But I think in Buffalo they're going to go more four three, so he's going to be lined up with the center. He can shake off double teams. We all saw the tape with him and Mike Vrabel. But I'm just going to leave that at that. And then down the line. If you wanted to move him out to linebacker, you could because he's got the speed to keep up underneath in coverage. So that's a great pick. They took my tight end. I've been bullish on Dawson Knox. He's a smart kid. He's a big body guy. He's going to be a great weapon in the red zone for Josh Allen. Uh, I think they took a couple offensive guards to protect Josh Allen, too. So now he doesn't have to tuck the ball in and run all the time. He can throw it to his streaky guys like John Brown and hit uh, Cole Beasley underneath. So I'm really bullish on that team. The Jets, all I got to say is they took the best player in the draft, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They took Quentin Williams. The, uh, Greg Williams is now going to come at the entire AFC East with exotic blitz packages. He can drop in coverage if he wanted to. He can dissect plays before they're even snapped. Y- y'all heard me on my my draft analysis of him. It's a great pick with him. Um, I already said my bit about the Patriots. The Steelers, they addressed a super critical need, yep. and that mm-hmm. was that linebacker. Yep. And it was critical enough Devin that they Bush. had to trade up 10 spots with Denver to get, uh, I believe it was it was Devin Bush. Devin Bush, yep. Devin Bush. Out of uh, Michigan. Yeah, the team up north. <laughs> uh, they addressed the linebacker hole left when Ryan Shazier left out. He's super versatile. Uh, he's super quick to the ball. Uh, he's great in coverage. This is... The Steelers, this is what the Steelers do. They always rebuild on defense, and you start with the quarterback of the defense with the linebacker. So that's a great move. I already made my bones about the Giants with so Daniel Jones. The Steelers, I'll cut you off there. They took a kid out of Toledo, the wide receiver. Yeah. I absolutely love him as well. That yeah. wide rec- They know how to draft wide receivers and develop them. 
Um, that's been you know documented. Yeah. But that kid out of Toledo, I'm forgetting his name right now. Quick, uh, he's gonna be a star. Right. Go ahead. Where, where they take him? The sixth round? Because that's where they took him. Oh, Aiden dude, it was, not even that, it was not even that, like, uh, down low. It was like second or third, maybe. Okay. I forget his name, but uh, that wide receiver is going to be good. Okay. Actually, you know? All right. So, besides Daniel Jones, the other picks that I liked by them was uh, what the frig? I had it right here. They took Dexter Lawrence at 17. So, forever, Dexter Lawrence is going to be connected to the OBJ trade. But Gettleman got his big body guy. Gettleman bit, went back to the well. He went back to his roots. Uh, he's he's got amazing speed for three hundred plus pounds. I think Daniel Jeremiah compared him to Halloween Nata, blasting, uh, blowing up offensive coverages. Uh, he can blow up pr- protection. He he and blocking techniques. He's a good find at seventeen for what it is. And then they addressed cornerback. Cornerback and the secondary has been a friggin' abyss for that team for the longest time. And they got, in some opinions, the best cornerback on the board at DeAndre Baker. They traded back in the first round. Uh, personalities, like I said, I think he's the best in the class. He brings an edge to that team. You're going to need that in the NFC East, going against Washington and Dallas and Philadelphia. Um, and he's great in press coverage. He's not a burner, but he has enough speed to keep up with his target and foot quickness to keep him tight in coverage. And their defensive coordinator, I'm spacing on his name, so you can at me in the comments. He's going to bring blitz packages involving cornerbacks, and DeAndre Baker fits that. And my last team, and I swear to God I'm going to get off the soapbox, is my Miami Dolphins. I loved it. I they, did. Great pick. They picks. had a great move. Great draft. The first, the first pick, they took uh, Christian Wilkins, mm-hmm. who not only is a big personality, we saw that with this tape with Roger Goodell. He, th- that was the only time, I think I hit up J underscore Boots on Instagram, and I said, that was the only time where I thought Roger Goodell was purely scared for his life, but at the same time, super ecstatic for how this kid was feeling being drafted first overall. Uh, he's a great pick for a rebuilding team. He, he's a locker room leader right off the bat for a team that the last two years under, under Adam Gase was knocked for having a toxic locker room. Mm-hmm. Like it was us versus them. It was us versus the coach. It was us versus Tannehill. And now that's gone and you have a cornerstone you can build around. He can line up a defensive end or defensive tackle. Amazing speed and strength. Quick hands. Uh, in my opinion, he could be a face of a franchise like Zach Taylor or Jason Taylor. That That's it on Christian Wilkins. Yep. And we got Josh friggin' Rosen. Dude, where'd he go? I've I'm happy for you, brother. I've been banging that drum since Tannehill was traded. Yep. We didn't overpay. We like they wanted a second round pick. We actually we had the 48th. We traded down to I think it was like the 62nd overall pick, and we gave them a 2025th rounder after we traded with the Saints to get a second rounder next year. We got him on the cheap. The Cardinals paid most of his bonus. We're only on the hook for six million over the next three years. In my opinion, he has the second best arm out of the draft class last year. I think a lot of good things are going to come with yep. Flores. And I'm even going to go on a fantasy aspect. If Rosen is able to start with that arm, you're probably going to want to look out for Rosen on the waiver wires, and you're going to want to look out for Kenny Stills because he's going to want to throw the ball deep. That Dolphins defense with Wilkins, it's still a work in progress. They're going to be in shootouts. You're going to want to have the deep threat. They're going to want to be throwing the ball all over the field. Dude, I was happy for you. I was happy for you, man. I uh, And then the Dolphins had a great tactic where they didn't overpay for him. No. They let Rosen come to them, simply put. We drove the market. Yep. There I was, texted you yep. this. I said, listen, best case, we get Rosen on the cheap. Worst case, we wait till 2020. Yep. 
like well, we're in the driver's now, seat. Well, at this now point. you can do both. Simply put, yeah. you got him on the cheap for three was six million dollars the next three years. Over the next three years. On top of that, you if he doesn't work out in a year, you can tank for two or whatever that or, Tyler, or, Herb, Lawrence, or whatever, whatever it is. But no, I was generally happy for Rosen himself because dude's been through a lot. Yeah. He's been through the fucking ringer. He didn't get a fair shake, man. Right. I, I when he came out of the draft um, last year, I didn't see it. I thought it was cocky, but it seems like he has kind of humbled over the year. A lot. When you're that be- goodbye video. Yeah, when he I saw the goodbye video and uh, I was like, dude, you know what? I'm on his side now. That video right there just made me change my mind on who he is as a person and what he's become. On top of that, an article came out that he actually stayed in Arizona a day extra to go to. Larry Fitzgerald's mm-hmm. um, softball charity game and everybody was standing up and clapping for Can him. Can we and- even talk about the Instagram comment that David Johnson put on his post Yeah, when yeah. he said things up yep. and David Johnson yep. straight up said less than 24 hours after they took Kyler Murray first to Josh Rosen at Josh Rosen with the three in the middle. Mm-hmm. You're going to be one of the greats when it's said and done. Listen, I'm not a Dolphins fan and obviously being in the AFC East, I don't like them one bit. I hope they lose every single game. But when they're not playing the Patriots, I'm rooting for Josh Rosen. Yeah. I hope he's in. I hope he's slinging the ball. I hope he's making Arizona and Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury look like stupid morons, you know? Mm-hmm. So I hope for nothing but the best for Josh Rosen, man. And real quick to wrap up the Dolphins, my Homer aspect is we did the ultimate Patriot thing. And we stocked up on 2020 draft picks. Not only do we have compensatory picks because we signed Fitzgerald, uh, Fitzpatrick rather to X amount of contract and we paid for uh, Tannehill to go to the Titans. We also got draft picks from the Saints. We got a bunch of other draft picks. We're, this team is something to watch. Oh, I, I, I am not going to... I'm still, we looked at the schedule. To me, eight and eight would be bullish, but I got, I got, for once, this is a great draft by the Dolphins, and I got good vibes by this team. Dude, no, absolutely not. Uh, I see a different perception. I see, when I saw they just sat there and let Josh Rosen come to them, mm-hmm. uh, that was pure. They didn't panic. They, that was pure Patriots one on one right there with Brian Flores, who's the head coach of the Dolphins, mm-hmm. came from the New England Patriots. Uh, Greer, I forget his name, but Greer, they, they played, they played the hand close to the chest. They were super cool about it, and they let, they didn't let, they controlled the market. They did. They really did. And the, if you look at it too, to bring it back to the Cardinals, the Cardinals really screwed the pooch on this. They did. Because they traded Rosen before they even have Kyler Murray sign the freaking contract. Mm. So now the power is with the player in Murray's camp where they can hold out and not have that baseball language in the contract. Mm. At least if they kept Rosen... They had that fucking security blanket. Mm-hmm. But now he's in South Beach with me, and I can't be happier. He gets to sit behind Ryan Fitzpatrick, a guy that's been there, done that. But, I'm, I'm but the other point to that being they did want to get that pick for the second round so they can use that pick mm-hmm. to help Kyler Murray and the I new... I think they, got, they, they picked up a wide receiver. Yeah, they picked up right? a wide receiver to help him out. I, right. I really like their pick a wide receiver. I forget the kid's name. I think he's out of Missouri. Kind of speedy, uh, yeah, he's speedy out of guy. the middle of the... I forgot what Kyle Jules from, but... But yeah, man, no. Truthfully, uh, I am happy for Josh Rosen, man. I, he didn't get a fair shake. Hopefully he succeeds, man. Right. So... That's my bet. Yeah. That's my winners and losers. Yeah, same here, man. I uh, We uh, went through our winners and losers, and that's really all I got as well, man. Uh, this is just one step closer to the NFL, you know? Yeah, dude. Listen, we were talking off camera, but those Jet fans and Giant fans and guys up in the, the New England area, we're down to go to training camp to check out the Jets, check out the Giants. Anything within driving range, I got no problem if it's on a day off and it's open practice, baby. Let's go. If Josh Rosen is starting when the Patriots played the Dolphins I'm not paying $200. 
Nope. All right. Nope. We'll figure a shot. I'll, 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 I'll fly down to Florida and pay a cheaper price <laughs> and at least work on my fucking tan. Yeah. Cool, cool, man. Well, that's all we got. We're at uh, an hour and 10 minutes long, and I got to get to a Game of Thrones showing in about <laughs> yeah, so let me plug 40 minutes. So, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter, PFR Podcast, myself, Brando underscore Puma, Jay Chima at Jay Chima on the Twitter. This is your podcast. If you have any takes, any comments, if you want to say, Brandon, you're a friggin' moron for the Daniel jones bit at me brando underscore puma if you got tape dm me put it in a comment i don't care that's my bit this is brought to you by the owl shop you want a good cigar you go down to new new haven and you check out the cigar you got staff that is willing to help you out with great booze and great cigar selection they've been around since 1934 they're a good staff that's my I was day. trying to go there last night after we got done with Heirloom, but it just didn't pan out. But I was trying to go down there and do a little cigar action. We should have. It's okay, though. Next time we're down there, we'll... Next uh, time. We'll, Especially because we keep plugging them for the last three episodes. So, yeah. that's my bitch. The only bit I have left is... Um, you are fire! Freddie, this is for you, my friend. Freddie Soliotis, you're fired! Look at him! <laughs> On that note, via Candios, y'all. <laughs>